I'm going to pick up where I left off a few weeks ago. I think it's where I left off a few weeks ago. I don't even know anymore. Uh, but Pastor Bill, when he was talking about hope in Hebrews 11, I'm going to hit that here in a few minutes. But before I do, remember what God said to us coming in this year, that this would be a year of supernatural advancement. What? In clarity and Supernatural advancement in clarity, growth, vitality. Vitality is life. It's a life-giving source. That's where healing is. That's where energy is. That's where peace and joy, vitality, where life is in that. And so, so we're going to see that this year in amazing ways in 2019. These three words are prophetic force that God's released over this house and really over this community if it would jump in on. So... If we're going to operate in clarity, the only way we can operate in clarity is to see clearly. You'll notice like when Judith got healed a few weeks ago and she's excited that she felt her neck and different things, the bone. And then when I started speaking to her muscle and stuff, that's a word of knowledge. The Bible talks about, I think it's 1st or 2nd Corinthians 11. Uh, it is one of those, I can't remember. But anyway, it talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. That's a word of knowledge. That's not my knowledge. That's God's knowledge. He gives you a word. And when I step out in faith and operate in it, it releases faith to do things. So I started talking about her muscle in her neck. I see it releasing, God doing this. And she's like, oh my goodness, that's what I prayed. You didn't even know. I didn't need to know. Because knowledge is power. So what you need to understand as a child of God, a son or daughter of God, even if you don't know, you do know, you just have to be open to seek him. Because Matthew 6 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is what Pastor Isaac was teaching on Sunday night. (laughs) Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. It already was talking about provision, finances and stuff earlier in that parable. But what I want you to realize is as you seek him, and as you seek him, you will get clarity through the word. You'll get clarity through preaching. That's why we want you to start taking notes in your journal and be studying and praying. What as you get clarity this year, that's where the growth comes. And when the growth comes, that's where the vitality, the release of signs and wonders. Everybody say knowledge is power. We know that in the secular world, right? Say it again. Knowledge is power. So we can't know unless we see. Now, what I want to tag on and talk to you a little bit about the anointing to see, the anointing is the smearing or the presence of God. It's several different definitions you could give. But the anointing to see is what releases the miracles in your life. You see, the Bible says in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing, right? And then it says, and hearing, conjunction, not or hearing. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing, what? By the word of God. So we know the word is the logos, the rhema of God. It's Jesus, and it is the words of Jesus. It's him, in a sense. So we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing. So there's two different kinds of hearing the Bible's talking about. One type of hearing is like you hear my voice right now. The second kind of hearing is you go beyond just hearing it, but you see it. Faith, you could say like this, faith cometh by hearing and by seeing the word. 
You see, when you begin to read the Logos, the rhema, the word of God, it is more than just written words on the page, but the Bible calls it Jesus, basically, the Logos and the rhema of Jesus. In the beginning was the word, the word was it God, and the word was God. So it is his word. And everything that is created in the seen realm came out of the invisible realm, Hebrews 11.3 says, and it was spoken into, and everything that you see, molecules, chairs, carpet, and all that was first in an unseen place, but through the word of God, it manifested materials that man could make this stuff. But if he didn't have materials, man or woman couldn't make this stuff, could they? So what is it? The power, everybody say the power of seeing. So what I want you to do now as you begin to operate in your journal this year, a big key to growing is not just reading the word and hearing what it says, but begin to see. Pastor Bill talked about it, theta or imagination. Begin to imagine it happening. See, see, we use our imagination all the time. We get up and there's negative stuff we read or hear on the news or on the radio or at work or wherever. And you can just, it just ruins your day, right? What if you guarded yourself and your mind to where you only focused on the positive, you focused on what the word of God has to say about a matter and you walked in love and forgiveness and joy and faith, faith, hope, and love, the three, right? First Corinthians 13. So, so as you walk in the faith, hope, and love, what happens Second Corinthians. So what happens is it releases an anointing of what the Bible calls revelation. Revelation is a revealed word of God. Revelation means to uncover, to reveal, or to make visible or seen. You know, glory, the word glory, glory, hallelujah, whatever. You know what the word glory, doxa in the Greek language means? God made visible. It's a manifestation of the presence of God. It is God seen or God made visible. That's why in John 3, when, when Nicodemus asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And he's an old man and he's a high, one of the high priests and all that. What must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus is like, wait a minute, sir, I'm, old, I'm an old man. Wait a minute, Rabbi, I'm an old man. My mother's dead. How can I go back in the womb of a dead woman to be born again? And then Jesus didn't change what he said. He said, to, then he said this. He said, to see the kingdom of heaven, you must be born of water and spirit. Whew. So there's two different levels. When you give your life to Christ, Kayla, you entered the kingdom. You become a daughter of God. You're born again. The Bible says that when you die, to be absent with the bodies, be present with the Lord. You, you have eternity. It's there. But the second level, which comes through the water, the washing of the word and the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, when you tap into that, you no longer are just in the kingdom. Now you can see the kingdom. And the reason I, because this is not anything to do with me, but the only reason I can kind of orchestrate to help you guys get your miracles is because knowledge I've received over the years and impartation and studying and that and just the, the grace of God helps me to tap in to see what the Holy Spirit's doing or what the angels of God are doing in that moment. And I just tell you what I see. But that's the way God wants every believer to operate. He wants you not just to hear the word. He wants you to see the word. <laughs> hmm. Jesus. Just like the woman with the issue of blood when she fought through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, right? And he said, wait a minute. 
Who touched me? And his disciples said, Master, there's thousands. There's thousands around you, throngs of crowds around you. A lot of people touch you. How do we know which person touched you, what you're thinking of with your garment? He said, virtue went out of me. And he looked around. And this little woman with the issue of blood all those years and gave him all of her money and all that. It was me, Master. It was me. I, I touched you. Said, I've had this blood issue unto death and couldn't get healed. But I knew that if I could touch the hem of your garment, I would be whole. And he blessed her. Now listen. He said, our faith has made thee whole. What was her faith? Her faith was imagining. If I could see the word and touch the tangible word, which is Jesus, it will do what God said it would do. It would heal my body. That's why it's important for you to get a word on a matter. You get a word, Chris, till you see the word. When you get sick and tired of sick and tired of struggling, you won't struggle anymore. That's right. But the reason you'll be on a high place and a low place and no middle place is because when you get going good, you're a good person and you just do good and you stay busy, but you're not anchored by the word. Wow. But if every day you'll commit your day to the sometime that day, beginning your day is the best time to pray and get into yeah. word and study the word things you don't, where do I start? Just read Genesis or John? No, you go find in the word what it is you're dealing with that day you got to face or that week, what you're believing with your family. The best place to always do, and I'm doing this too, is Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses. You need to speak that over your life every day anyway. You start your day with that. And then after that, what do you need to tap into? And for you, Sarah, um, You know, what I'd want to say to you, the wisdom in that is don't gauge the happiness in your home by where he's at spiritually. I see in the spirit of the Lord that you're focused so much on him and wanting him to grow spiritually. There's times he's passed you. You didn't even realize it. And then you pull him back with unbelief, not sin or nothing like that, but just pull him back with the things of this and things of that. And then he, where he doesn't have enough word in him, just boom, bust over it. He'll just kind of go up and down and then your faith goes up and down. We are not to have faith in any man, including our husband, but only faith in God. And as you lock totally into God, that will happen anyway. But it's when you get your eyes off God and you see the miracle in front of you and then you see the miracle going up and down, up and down. Oh, Lord, what happens? It robs you of your belief, your faith. So I'd say to you, no matter where he's at, you pray and love him, you're an amazing wife, amazing woman of God, but don't get your eyes off of God. Right, And as you do that, that's where the consistent, not just happiness, y'all are dealing with happiness, but God wants you to move into the level of joy in 2019. Happiness is based on what's happening. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 says, in the Holy Spirit is joy, temperance, kindness, meekness, faith, and so on, patience. So for you guys, supernatural advancement is to move from happiness, which is better than sad or whatever, but to move into joy. And the Bible says joy meets you in the midnight hour. Joy is what can sit with you on the front row of a funeral home and give you peace. Joy is what makes you dance and celebrate when the world says you just got fired or you failed and you got joy and you don't even understand it. Joy is the oil of the Spirit of God constantly living in you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you guys. You're amazing.
So knowledge is what? So knowledge, but now I'm not taking the offering now. I'm going to take it after I preach and then right before we go into communion today because we're going to do communion. Um, Clarity only comes when we see what? Clearly. Clarity can only come when we see clearly. And God has made available to each one of us this gift of revelation to reveal or to uncover God. So when you're reading the word and you begin to really get it in you, you'll start having things downloaded to you by the Holy Spirit that will give you truths and things that I or no one else can teach you. It's just the Holy Spirit will use people, different situations, and reveal things to you that you know that you know is the truth. You always go back and measure it by the truth, by the word. So revelation is what now? What is revelation? The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, my people cast off all restraint, right? Where there is no vision, also the word vision is there in Proverbs 29, 18. It's used in different translations. The King James, I think, is where there is no revelation. So what is revelation? Revelation is the known will of God in a sense. It is that. But revelation is also making God seen or his attributes. See, it's one thing to know God. I'm so excited about your testimony, girl, about tithing. I'm fired up. You guys, man, walking in a whole new realm of blessing. But we'll have to have you give that testimony sometime, how God's moving and how you've made that commitment. You're going to see miracles, I'm just telling you. Advancement, supernatural advancement in your finances, in your personal business. You have a personal business? Yes. What is it? Travel. Travel, travel agency? Yes. You're going to see supernatural advancement. I see a product that you're getting ready to create that's going to be an ingenious ideal and bring six figures into your family in the next 24 months. Just from this ideal, it's some kind of package that God has that other people are missing, but the Holy Spirit, like Joseph, is going to show it to you, and it's going to be so unique, and it'll go with what you're doing, and it won't even be labor to you. It's like when you tell, but this thing over here, you're getting, you're making money off it. You're blessing people and making money off this package that need, God just revealed that, let her see it. Let her see it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm excited about that. Um, I'm not apologizing because I'm, I'm trying to teach the anointing to see, and I've been trying for two months. But I'm not apologizing because I know what the Holy Spirit's doing. That's right. Um, so revelation is what the anointing to see. It's the revealed word, purpose, and will of God. It's uncovering. So why is being anointed to see a must for believers? Why is the anointing to see or the anointing to have revelation or things of God revealed to you a must for us? See, how can we walk in faith? See, do you want to depend on me? Do you want to depend on your spouse? Do you want to depend on some TV evangelist or whatever? Or Or do you want to know God so well you can get healed through those ways or financial breakthrough through those ways? But the main thing is you know God in a way that you can speak. Remember, Bill taught us this in November, and I've been telling you a lot. There's some things you pray and some things you say. See, a lot of things we're praying about God already finished and we have the kingdom authority to speak it instead of praying it. You have the authority to send your angels forth to minister on your behalf, Hebrews tells us, right? You have the authority to say things that God already said. He said it is finished. You have authority to speak to your body. You have authority to speak to your mind. You have authority to speak to your finances. You have authority to speak to a lot of things. things. See, you don't pray for money. Jesus, You're wasting your time. Mm. You 
speak over your money, but the only way money comes is when seed goes in the ground. It's the only way. By tithing and sowing seed, some comes back 30, 69, 100 times or 100 fold. That's the only way you can increase in the kingdom of God. God makes it very clear in his economy. If we go back through the Old Testament, show you. Now, I'm not saying you can't increase in your finances on your gifts, your talents, your influence, your favor. But I'm saying if you want supernatural increase, it only comes from giving, not by praying. That's right. And once I give, then I say from my kingdom authority, from my inheritance, then I have the right, because I'm in a covenant with God, to speak that what is mine is released into my hands. The word speak is the same word as declare. The word declare in the Greek is the word from the word epo, and it means to make a declaration. So you have authority to make a declaration over your health, over your finances, and so on. So a lot of people are praying for God to give them more money, and it just, that don't work. What happens is you are already in covenant with God, and if you're honoring your side of the covenant, he's obligated to honor his side of the covenant. Amen. But that's why only 6 or 7% of the church in the world walks in supernatural anointing, because that's about the only ones that understand tithing. Wow. Well, the only ones willing to tithe. We have a higher percentage of that in this church, but not where it should be. But if I'm a tither, then that's why I'm so excited for you guys. Then I have, God is obligated to find a way to get knowledge to me if I seek him. Now, if I don't seek him, he's not obligated. But I'm obligated to work my side of the covenant, and then I can speak over my covenant and have what I need to have. But if I'm just hoping and all that without faith, your hope's good. Bill's talking about it. But if you don't have faith with hope, you're not going to get anything. Come on. Amen. Amen. So here's why the anointing to see is so important to believers. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, Satan is directly involved in blocking our access to light. What is light? If it's dark in here, the only way you can see is if you do what? Have light. Dark is an empty matter. It's made us, in other words, darkness is nothing other than a space that is void of light. Light is where the molecules are. So darkness just fills an atmosphere because what? Because it's empty. Light is the molecules that fills the darkness and gives the illumination. <laughs> so light is the same word as we would get us to know or to see or revelation. So Satan is directly involved in what? Blocking our access to revelation. Satan is directly involved in blocking our access to light, to see my healing, to see my family member saved, to see my family member healed, to see my financial breakthrough, to see my joy, to see my peace, to see my victory. Whatever it is you need to see, remember God isn't holding it back. Come on. But if you operate from your child of God principles and rights, there's things you can not, don't even have to pray, you can speak to and see them manifest. Now, look at this. But even if our gospel is veiled, wow, veiled means to cover. A veil covers something, right? Head, or it could be a light and you put a veil over it. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled what? To those who are perishing. Whose, listen now, minds 
the God, that word God is little g, not capital, so that's Satan. Who, mine, who the God of this age that we live in has blinded who do not believe. The only way you can't see or have light or revelation manifested in your life over your situations is if you're living in unbelief. But if you will only believe, any light revelation can open so you can see what it is that God's bringing into your life. See, faith is the vehicle God uses to go into the unseen realm and carries in the unseen realm what needs to come into the seen realm. So by his stripes you were healed. Okay, if I were healed and I have a broken foot and I'm a Christian, you know, brother, I still see this pain, this broken foot. But by faith you were healed. You can by faith as a, release it as a vehicle to go into the unseen realm. It can, see, why does the Bible say Jesus what the same yesterday, today, and forever? In other words, he, there's no time in Jesus. Right. So if your healing is eight weeks out here, faith can go eight weeks into the future, bring it into your now, and accelerate your healing immediately because faith is a vehicle that goes into the unseen realm where your healed foot is and brings it into this realm. Yes. That's why when I ask Jesus how to pray, how you pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are there any broken foots in heaven? Which heaven is it talking about? Come There's on. three heavens. Yes. Come I have time on, to teach on three heavens. Come on, but anyway. So, it says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. So if I don't believe on a matter, it's because there's darkness or void there. There's a void I don't see. Then it says, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, now glory, doxa, manifested presence of God or God made visible. That's what, again, what I saw about in John chapter three. It's one thing to enter the kingdom. It's another thing to see the kingdom. The only way you can see the kingdom is to have faith to see into the unseen realm or to see someone healed or to see someone saved or to see someone delivered or encouraged that came from God. Now you see the kingdom because the kingdom manifested in someone's life and did a work, right? Lest the light of the gospel or the revelation or the seeing of the gospel of the glory, manifested presence of Christ, who is the image of God, imagio, mirror, the same word used as you'd use in Hebrew as in Greek in Genesis 1, where we've been made in our own image, our own likeness of God, have he's created them both male and female. In the image of God, should shine on them. So what happens is, if you can get to the place that the light of the gospel, even though you don't believe, even though you're in a place you can believe about a lot of things in God, but there's one or two things you just don't have the faith for. You're just not seeing it come to pass. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. What a boom, that means I just saw something and it encouraged my faith, and I accessed an attribute of God. 
See, I have, I am Mary Dalton, but I have certain attributes. I can walk, I can talk, I can do things, I can think. God has attributes. He's God, but he has attributes. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. So the key to maturing, what? The key of maturing to see without physical manifestation is what? Revelation. So in other words, this is what I want to get to. I'm just going to get the opening of this to you. I'll give you the rest next week. But here's the key. It's one thing to see Judas' video and build your faith because you saw what? Evidence of a physical manifestation. Right. Right? Others of you in here that's received healing over the last month or so, a couple months, we see that, we get encouraged. Well, it's a physical manifestation. So the key of maturing to see without a physical manifestation, what is that? That's revelation. What if you got to the point when you read the word, you see the word in such a way that it's just as real to you as a physical miracle you just saw happen? See, that's where God, just like you guys, you got the new eardrum, wave at them there, isn't that awesome? And you got set free, God healed you and some stuff. It's just amazing. Well, that encourages my faith and other people's faith, gave you testimony. But the cool thing is, the next level really is not the miracle because that's the attributes of free gifts of God from the gift of faith, right? Miracles, healing, signs, and wonders. That's one of the nine gifts. But even a greater miracle is when you see it and declare it, and it happens. In other words, I see the word by his stripes I am healed. I declare the word, but I don't just read the word and mimic the word. I see it as real as my hand is real. Yes. That's revelation. Preach, yes. pastor. That comes by practice. Maturing comes through practice. As you exercise the word, as you practice the word, as you read the word, as you speak the word, all of a sudden it'll hit you. There'll be times in here I don't plan on doing something and all of a sudden God will start moving and it's things I might have thought of 10 years ago and all of a sudden I'll speak it because I, it, when it's in you, it's in you. God will bring it out but you got to get it in you. That's, right. That's why growing is such a key part of what we're doing here at Bethel right now. If you miss any Sunday, you're going to miss significant things. You need to be here every week. So revelation is what? The unveiling of the word of God. That's why Jesus said in John 14, you'll not only do the works I've done, but what you'll do even greater works than these. Wow, Jesus said you and I would do even greater works than these. It's funny listening to preachers try to make excuses. Well, that's talking about the hundreds of the billion Christians in the world and all together we do greater. That's not what he's talking about. That's right. He said even his own disciples, you'll do greater works than these. I don't read in the Bible where Jesus' shadow healed the sick, but Peter's did. I don't read in the Bible where Jesus gave a handkerchief and someone was healed or raised from the dead from his handkerchief, but Paul did. Wow. Come on, Pastor. See, until you see it, you're not going to believe it. But you got to see it to believe it. Yeah. What you see, you will believe, and no man can deny. No man can convince you. Once you've seen it, you're going to believe it. Yeah. Now, when you hear it, you might believe it to an extent, but you might be able to be talked out of it. But when you see it... Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can talk you out of what you see. I know, I saw it. Well, you say, I saw it with my own eyes, dummy. <laughs> There'll be people try to say, well, you know that Judas lady didn't get healed. How do you know that? And they weren't even in church. They don't even know her. But you say, I saw it. I saw the lady. I she'd been here 15 years. And when you see it, no one can stop you from believing. That's right. That's revelation. Now, now here's what revelation is. What happens 
if you can just read the red in your Bible and see it. That's a place that we're going to get to in this church where you begin to read the word, but you don't just read the word. You're going to be seeing the manifestation of the word. So we can have the same kind of faith reading the word as we do seeing blind eyes open. The word you hear is great, but the word you see is greater. It's good to hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing or seeing the word of God. Revelation is our greatest asset as a believer. Because at any time, God can reveal a truth to you. Now, I want to get here to Hebrews 11.1 1 real quick. I got about five minutes before we got to receive our offering and then take communion. But people are going to be delivered and set free during communion. It's going to be amazing. So I'm going to read out the Amplified like Bill did. If you read now the New King James, it's like, now faith, what kind of faith now, right now? Faith is now, it's not yesterday or in the future. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's, that's what it is in New King James. And the Amplified, which really expands the Greek and lays a lot of the Greek out for you, which is even more accurate than that, or more detailed than that, says this, Hebrews 11, 1, if you can put it on the screen, guys, Hebrews 11, 1, says, now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation. You know, it's one thing if somebody says, I give you a car, you're like, it's nice, but I don't want to drive this car off to you, what? Give me the what? Title deed. It's one thing to say you own a home, but you don't get the titled deed. You get a deed that has debt and liens on it, but you don't get a title deed until the home's paid off. So you really don't own the home, the bank does. You're just paying on it. But if you get to a point you own it, you have the title deed. It's the title deed. What? Faith is the title deed. It is what? The confirmation. So when we see the kingdom in someone like Judith, where her neck, her bones, her muscles were healed, or others that's been healed, or like you, got a new eardrum healed, when we see that, what is that? That's confirmation. So faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation, what? Of things. Everybody say things. Faith. Hoped for. Divinely guaranteed. So, like Bill's talking about, and this is great, the definition could be rendered very easily for what hope is in the Bible. It just means confident expectation. So when you look at confident expectation, and hope is what we miss a lot of 1 Corinthians 13, where what is the faith, hope, and love, and the greatest disease is love. So Paul talked about, but what we miss is this confident expectation. How can I have faith to believe what God says if I don't even hear it right, if I hear it with religion and doubt and unbelief and all the excuses, or I hear it from a place of unbelief. What do you mean a place of unbelief? Well, I read it to you back there, right? In 1 Corinthians, I, I read to you, 2 Corinthians 4, I read to you, what's a place of unbelief? A place of unbelief is when you're living in a place of blindness because of the world. Satan and the world in which you live, you Fill yourself up with negative stuff, negative news, you know, negative shows. And what you put between your ears, what happens is it operates not from faith, but from unbelief. Yes. Because you got more of the world's unbelief in you and negativity in you than you do the kingdom in you. Come on, Revelation comes by faith. And then it builds faith. But you got to seek first the kingdom. 
So faith is the assurance title deed and what things hoped for. The things hoped for. So now faith is the assurance title deed confirmation of the healing hoped for. Now faith is the assurance title deed confirmation of the financial breakthrough hoped for. Now faith is the assurance title deed confirmation of the restored relationship hoped for. The gifts hope for, whatever you want to call. So now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of whatever the things you're hoping for, that they are divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, it comes from the unseen, the conviction of their reality to be convicted to the point the word in the Greek is like that, it's like concrete, to have concrete faith. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Wow. Wow. Faith does what? Faith comprehends or has knowledge and understanding of a matter. Not just to know about it, but to understand a matter. You can't operate in wisdom until you have knowledge and understanding. Then you go to the next level of wisdom. That's using it. So, So faith comprehends, brings the wisdom of the matter, the understanding of the matter as fact... What cannot be experienced by physical senses, what you hear, smell, taste, touch, feel, all that. So hope is what? Desiring something good with an expectation that I'm going to obtain it. Desiring something good with an expectation, confident expectation. And that's what hope is. Hope is the confident expectation that launches the unseen into the seen. Hope is the confident expectation that launches the unseen into the seen. The things that you don't see that you're praying for that you can't even get your own self physically, those things, what happened? Hope is what launches that. In other words, I can't even see it without hope. Remember, unbelief covers or veils the gospel. And if I have the truth that sets me free covered, I let the facts of what I see dominate. See, when you go to a doctor and they give you that diagnosis about your eye, well, we, if we sit here and just said, no, that's not true, your, your optic nerve's fine, that'd be a lie. What is it? It's a fact you have damage to your optic nerve, isn't it, Kayla? You've had MRI, it's a fact, right? But here's what I want you to understand. Truth trumps fact. Amen. See, this world, and thank God for our physicians, if it wasn't for them, most Christians would be dead anyway. But what I want you to realize, it's not a lie that you have that. But what I want you to say, the Bible says, know the truth, and the truth will set you free free or make you free. So for you to be free of the infirmity of the damaged eye or optic nerve, now you need to get comprehension of faith or knowledge of faith to the point you see that healed and then you don't even have to pray about it. You can speak or say to it to be whole. Amen. Now that could happen today too by the gift of faith. The gift of faith is not Dalton's faith. The gift of faith is when God gives his faith for Kayla. That happens too. We've been having that happen a lot around here. So as I wrap this up, kind of the opening I guess for next week, hope is what? The product of a soul. Your soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Your soul is your decision-making resources. So hope is the product of your mind. So if I'm constantly filling my mind with negative stuff, dark stuff, 
like, like Jeff was saying about his sister, God bless her, she starts speaking negatively, what's it going to do? She don't even realize the miracle she's had because now she's thankful for it. But if she keeps speaking negatively, she'll never have the faith to see the word that heals her. Psalms, I think 139 or 131 says, the word that healeth thee. It's the word, the Logos, the Rhema, that heals you. It's the word. It's not man. It's the word. The Holy Spirit manifests it, but it's the word that healeth thee. So what happens is if I have the gospel veiled, I can't get my hip or my foot healed. I can't get the financial breakthrough a lot of times I need. God made money easier than healing, access than healing, because all you got to do with money is tithe and sow seed tithe and sow seed and money will come. God will find ways to get you money. That's his part of the covenant. Healing is a little more complicated. You got to begin to see the unseen. You got to begin to speak over this stuff. It's a little more complicated than just having financial breakthroughs. Come on, pastor. Anybody getting that? Yeah. But the problem is you're praying for what you don't have to pray for. You just need to speak over it and receive what he's already given. First Corinthians what says be a cheerful giver. Yeah. Not giving to grudgingly or out of fear. And it says all, in verse 9, chapter 9, verse chapter 9, and it says all grace will abound towards you and you will be what? Wanting nothing. Yes. Wouldn't it be good to have the money to where you didn't have to want for anything? But God said all grace is looking for you, but if you don't access it through your covenant, it's not going to happen. And it could happen by your gifts or something, but not from God's point of view. So as we wrap this up, I just want to prepare your heart and your mind that what you allow to come through your eyes and your ears determines what's between your ears. Amen. And then it determines what you think and what you speak. The Bible says, out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaketh. The Bible says that the issues of life are in the heart, in your spirit, man. Yeah. So the issues, any issue I'm dealing with is in my heart. And for me to be healed, delivered, set free, financial breakthrough, what is it? I have to get in my mind and imagine it according to the word that it is done to the point I see it and then begin to speak it. Let me give you just two things real quickly and then we're going to pray. There's two ways because our mind is programmed and we don't, don't have time to talk about that. You need to get, go listen to the podcast. Bill did a great job of that last week. But our mind is programmed by what we hear, what we see, what we read, what we put in it, right? So um, two things that you can do to change your programming. Number one is repetition. Repetition. Begin looking and listening to the right stuff. Begin looking and listening to the right stuff. Now, if I want God's stuff, I got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? So then I got to get into God's word and find what it is that I'm seeking. And I got to seek it and then speak it. A good place to start is Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, or Psalm 91. Memorize those and speak them over your life every day. So what happens is when I do this in repetition, it allows his promises to change my expectation, my hope. Hope initiates faith. It changes my expectation level and anticipation level to launch the faith to go into the unseen to get the same. Then, and then uh, the second is theta, theta, which is imagination. So 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, casting down arguments 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, the knowledge, the revelation of God, bringing what? Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Think about that. What is it? If I'm going to bring every, if, here's what you do. You know, we try to, I want that, I can't, you know, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. First John 5 says that Paul said, I pray for your whole, W-H-O-L-E, spirit, soul, and body that be found blameless in that day. So we are a three-part being, not a two-part. But what I want you to realize here is this. I have the ability to take my thoughts captive. You see, you allow your mind to talk to you. Your mind will give you stupid answers. That's right. Your mind will tell you things that you heard when you were seven years old. You don't deserve that. That's too good for you. Why, why would God do that for you? He didn't do it for your aunt or your grandma. Why would he heal you of that? Are you any better than they are? Your mind is programmed by what you've heard and seen your whole life. Now, when I began to reprogram it, number one, with the word of God, what the word says about it, number one. Then number two, I can operate, move into what? Theta or imaginations. Now, instead of casting, I speak one time until my mind, shut up. Right. Leave me now. That's you have right. no right in there between my ears. I refuse to think that. Go. Go. Amen. And then it'll come right back if I don't fill my mind with something come on. else. Come on. Come on. So then I find a word and I began to just imagining that word fulfilled. Yes. Yes. I began to look at a word where there's healing and I just begin to see that healing. So sometimes I'll find a word for someone else. A lot of times it's pastor for other people and I'll just imagine them getting a word and them getting this. And then other times it's for me and my family. And as you do that, the more you do that, I, so, so what does a kid do? A kid that if a father, his whole life, he's 18, he does nine things right every day and the father only points to one thing wrong out of 10 that he does wrong. Will that child have a negative connotation of himself. Oh yeah. Right? But you take a father that maybe his kid only does three things right every day and seven things wrong. He disciplines whatever if he needs to for three, but he focuses and builds him up and gives him honor for the three things he does right. That son will be a positive son. It's just fact. So if you are constantly feeding your mind with negative, you're going to be a negative person. Negative person means you have unbelief. You live in unbelief instead of belief. And that's why the Bible says, be careful what vain imaginations. Empty imaginations. You want God or revelation imaginations. You want what the word says about you. And you begin to fill your mind. And that's what praising and thanking God is. I just keep thanking God for it. I just keep thanking God. I just keep praising God for it. And what happens is... Those imaginations are no longer empty. They're full of what God says until it overflows. And then you can look at Caleb and say, be thou made whole, and you'll start seeing things happen. That's why that journaling exercise, Pastor Mark said, is so important. So this is a year of supernatural advancement through what? Clarity. Growth, vitality. Vitality is the breakthrough. Vitality is the energy. Vitality is the healing. Vitality is the financial blessing. Vitality is the restored relationship. Vitality is the joy. That's where joy is. That's where peace is. Growing can be painful. But man, if you get to vitality, it's all worth it, right? Come on. Hallelujah. 